I don't have to do a real introduction because nobody else decided to show up besides us. So uh, it's the Chris and Chris Power Hour. It's uh, the Haggis and Brisket combo plate, uh, whiskey and bourbon cocktail. So uh, buckle up, fucknuts. Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Coast to Coast Extended Universe podcast. My name, of course, is Gavril, and this is my lovely, lovely assistant slash co-host slash best buddy, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I am alive. That's the best answer I can give you. <laughs> that is that is delightful. Um, our fellow co-hosts, uh, Neth and Kevin, are not going to be here this week. Kevin is doing something with... Uh, one of his music project things and Neth is spending some time with uh with uh the spawn so uh it is just the chaos it's the chaos couple uh incarnate this week just us um which means we just get to do whatever the fuck we want um so always enjoy that that's always great um yeah uh how you been chris how's it been going buddy um <clears throat> I'm still sick, as you can hear. Um, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's been going. Uh, still working a lot, but other than that, it's been going. Uh, <laughs> still late. abandoning <laughs> your American friends. Yep, yep. That's what happens when you have to get up early and go to bed early. Mm-hmm. I live I'm like in... a normal human being. I have responsibilities. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> I'm in bed by the time you get home from work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eight nine o'clock. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's eight nine o'clock for you. So yeah, I have to be an adult. It happens. <laughs> happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what have you been up to? What have you been doing? Uh, what have you been doing in the uh, world of keeping yourself occupied? Um, let's see. So Final Fantasy, obviously, it's, it's pretty much the the my main game. That's what I do. It's what I play. Um. I've been playing some Wild Rift during my work breaks because a game, one game is the length of my work break, so it works perfectly. Um, obviously working, and Two Point Campus came out, so I've been playing a shit ton of that in my downtime. I love the Two Point games, they're very fun. I've actually got something about that later for us to talk about. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. What about you? What you been doing? Um, not a whole lot to be completely frank and honest. Um, been doing a lot of stuff by myself. Um, my Monster Hunter peoples have been uh busy, so I've just been playing Monster Hunter by myself. Um, I know Seth has been doing a lot of WoW to grind characters up just mm-hmm. in case. Um, I haven't seen Vil in a while, so th- those are the two I usually play Monster Hunter with. So, um, besides that, I've just been playing mostly Dyson Sphere Project by myself. It's another one of those Factorio sort of satisfactory RimWorld kind of games where you're building up resources and then using them, but it's very explicitly single player. So, yeah. I've just been having fun with that, <clears throat> and that's really about it. Not a whole lot. Light work days, so I've been doing a lot of house stuff, and that's mm-hmm. about 
Fair enough. Um, blitz through this. Uh, I don't think we got shit for anything. Um, no, no one wants to talk to us. <clears throat> that's fine. Um, the top countries for the last two weeks since the last episode, just to make Kevin happy, were the U.S., South Africa, and Canada. So, yeehaw. I'm not even going to attempt to don't, do a do South it. African accent. <laughs> don't do it. It's like a, it's a weird accent, okay? It is not... The Afrikaner accident is very odd. Um, and eh. Buddy, eh. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. Eh. Eh. Uh, poutine. Timbits. Legal Blame. weed. Blame Canada with their flapping heads all full of lies. Yep. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's, it's a chaos week, so we just get, we're just kind of, we get to do what we want. Casually, just casually knock through this. It's not a fucking big deal, dudes. Yeah, we're just here to have some fun and talk about video games and talk about whatever shit is interesting to us. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in a specific shout out, um, Dota Dragon's Blood Book 3 is out. I have not even watched book one. LB has told me to watch it more than once. I will sit down at some point and start watching it finally. Um, but LB has said good things about it. He said this is probably the final season. So, so right. it's, mm -hmm. it's on my watch list, but my watch mm -hmm. list is getting larger rather than smaller. Yep, that's what you get. Yeah. yeah. Like, I still haven't finished all of Strange New Worlds yet. See, I, I, yeah. I'm gonna have to, uh, oh, pardon me. I need to, um, I have, I, I've got to re-up my Paramount subscription for a month and go through everything at some point. Yeah, I think I'm, like, three episodes left on Strange New Worlds. The new Scream just came on Paramount Plus, so I still need to watch that, does it? <sighs> I don't. I'm so so far behind on South Park. There's so many things I need to watch. <laughs> yep, Elby told us that. Uh, shame, shame. It is shame. amazing, Elby. I I've just watched the one where they go medieval for an episode, and it was great. It was fantastic. It was disgustingly good. I loved. I so one of one of the one of the guys in my FC is a very much a massive Star Trek fan, and I I've told him. And he agrees, Discovery and Strange New Worlds are bringing the best of Star Trek. Discovery with its serial, um, you know, overarching series storyline. I'm, 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 hold on real quick, Chris. I'm sorry that neither of those sounded like the Orville. <sighs> neither of those sounded like the Orville. The, the Orville isn't Star Trek. It's amazing. It's a great show. It's a disgustingly good show <laughs> with a fantastic cast. It's, it's not, let's be honest not Star here, Trek it is, specific. Talk, let's be Christopher. I'm specifically Christopher. talking shows that have Star Trek in the name. Star Trek in the name only. Okay, okay. Just the just not the show that's doing Star Trek better than Star Trek's done for the past ten years. Okay. Can I make my point, please? Go ahead. You're free to. Knock yourself out, buddy. Such a dick. Uh -huh. Such a dick. Um, <laughs> Star Trek, so Discovery and Strange New Worlds um, are 
doing two different types of storytelling, but they're both doing it very well. Discovery with its overarching seasonal story, and then Strange New Worlds being episodic um, story type, you know, single story episodes with a slight overarc. And they're both doing a really good job of telling these stories, and the casting, the casts are brilliant. The, I love it. I'm happy. Star Trek's great. I'm I'm loving it. So, TV. I still need to watch Sandman. Also on my watch list. Haven't touched it yet. <laughs> uh, and I just finished Orville last week or the week before. Season three. Yeah, season three. I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure that all of Orville now is on Dis- my Disney, Disney Plus. It's it should be on your Disney Plus now. Yes. I'm double checking, but I'm ninety percent sure it is. Uh, yeah, that was the big thing is that they moved it to Disney Plus, so it's it should be worldwide on that at this point yes the orville that was on disney plus. new horizons season three was called new horizons well uh, it's it... just marked as the orville and it's season one two and three there's no new horizon okay. specific for it for me there you go um season three was fantastic hands down fantastic um it it was good it was really Really good. Um, ten episodes, I think, uh, ranging from I think it was fifty-eight minutes to almost an hour and a half. Uh, the longest episode is eighty-seven minutes in season three. Yeah, and that so was almost eight. an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, almost an hour and a half. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, every episode was great. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, Seth MacFarlane is. They really hit their stride with their third season and they've done really fantastic things with it. Um, I cannot, um, cannot recommend it enough to people that like, uh, eh, both DS nine Voyager, um, TNG, anybody that liked any of those, you, you'll, you'll find something to enjoy out of it. I think speaking of Voyager, did you hear of the potential rumor of a Janeway series? Uh, yeah, I thought they were talking about that at one point a while back. With Picard finishing up and only doing the three seasons, um, I there there's a likelihood of a of a seven spinoff, um, because everyone loves Seven of Nine and Jerry Ryan, which fierce, yep. a brilliant character and a brilliant but actress. She's, it, it, she's even better when she doesn't have to do this all day. I know, and she. So here's the thing: Seven, Seven had the the best writing, the best character arc, and the best character progression after, from Voyager. After they got over the cat suit era, just after, purely cat suit era. After they got over the purely cat suit era, yes, but the writing for the character itself and the progression from Was Borg yeah. Borg character all the way through to individual was disgustingly mm-hmm. good. Yep. The progression of the character through Picard is even better. Mm-hmm. I love to see. I I love what we've seen from Seven and Jerry Ryan and and Picard's. She she was my favorite I character. Yeah, like, I said, like I said, I haven't re-upped my Paramount Plus, so I have not watched the most recent season of Picard at this point. The Seven story, the Seven sub story, is really fucking good. Really good. Um. But, I, I will. I it it is on the watch list at some point. But there, obviously, she's going to be in season three, and then there's talks about a seven uh, spinoff from Picard. 
but they're also talking about potential Janeway series, and Kate Mulgrew has already said she'll be happy to come back to Star Trek. I mean, she's already back in Star Trek with Prodigy. She, she Kate Mulgrew, it's, you gotta remember Kate Mulgrew was a sitcom actress and a sort of, like, TV actress yeah. in the 80s. I think late 70s into the 80s and maybe even into the 90s. And yeah, she enjoyed doing it. She was the second choice for Janeway. She was. She was the second choice for Janeway. The first choice choice lasted 24 hours and then gave up. Could not do it. She could not handle it. Stage actress and a movie actress. Yeah, primarily stage. And she did a couple and she's done a few movies. Uh, French actress. uh, But um, she, she couldn't handle the which is fair because it's a completely different world yeah that handling the rigors of weekly tv it's completely different from movie and broadway yeah it's it's completely different from movie and stage it's a completely different beast so yeah it's not it's not it's not a slight on her it's not a slight on her because it's completely understandable it's two different worlds but yes having having a janeway series be nice i would Almost prefer having Cisco instead, but Avery Brooks is kind of weird yeah. with Star Trek. Yeah, he's that's kind never going to happen. Star Trek. <laughs> he's he's already said he hated how the the show ended. How DS Nine. Well, ended I mean, he, and... well, he he fought back and forth with uh, Berman and them and Berman and Branna about mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff towards the end of the series, and I think he's done some convention circuits. I think he's still kind of pops up every now and then very rare but he does but it is very if he shows up it's like it's the pre the pre- preface it really hard that he's showing up because it's that rare yep you know i i would love to see a Cisco series um janeway was my first captain voyager was my first star trek so mm-hmm. it's it, janeway and voyager will always hold a special place in my heart <laughs> So mm-hmm. I'd I'd love to see a Janeway series personally, but Cisco would be very cool. But I don't ever see it happening, sadly. Yeah, I I mean I would love to see it, but yeah, it probably will not. Um, <clears throat> ah, sad face. Um, but yes. So we started I off really, talking I... about Dora and got to Star Trek. Yeah, and we got Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, fucking <laughs> chaos let's crew. Let's go sit in a basement and fucking drink Mountain Dew and eat Funyuns. Yeah. Chaos crew. Um, but yes. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that uh, that would be interesting to see how that goes. Um, apologies to everyone because this is just going to bounce around the whole fucking show. This is what what just happened is going to literally be the rest of the show. Uh, buckle up, people. Um, let's knock the league stuff out of the way while we got the opportunity. Let's yeah. just go ahead and jump into that. Knock that out of the way, and we can talk more about something else. We can talk more about TV or something later. Yeah, let's 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 talk about Udir first. <clears throat> um, yeah. So Udir was announced as the next champion, receiving a full rework or a full update after Mundo last year. Yes, uh, this is their next um, VGU Visual uh, yeah. Gameplay Update. Yeah. Um Udir is the spirit channeler. He's one of the oldest champs in the game. Um he wasn't he wasn't an original release, I think. He wasn't at launch, but he came very quickly. <laughs> I think so, yeah. 
<laughs> I think that's the case. I'm don't don't quote me on that, but I believe that is the case. Um, he had a very unique game style. It was this sort of stance dance. If you're familiar with like WoW and EverQuest mm -hmm. MMOs, it was very much this sort of stance dancing kind of. He had different modes. You mm -hmm. activated the different modes. He had a weird ultimate way. His the way his ultimate worked it was different. Compared he didn't to have an ultimate. Else. Yeah. Uh, he just had four stances that you leveled up independently of each other that you could uh, switch between on the fly. Mm -hmm. um, really interesting game plan. I like he was very interesting way back in the day. Um, but he has been, while not exactly lacking compared to others, he's very, very dependent on how the item meta has gone. And um, the item meta currently does not favor him at all. Um. Actually, with the durability update, it does, doesn't it? With the well, so before the durability update, which is still very recent, it didn't favor him. Like he was useless. He yeah. didn't scale at all with the items. The durability has given him a little bit more life to the point where, like, I got a pentacle last week with him. It was really fucking good. Um, but it's well, it's still he's still not where he needs to be to be actually really good. Uder was always one of those very skill expressive champions. Like mm -hmm. if you knew how Uder's kit worked down to nuts and bolts, you could do a lot of really good stuff with him. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. But he was not a he was not a very friendly champion to newer players. No. Um, so what they are doing is they're in the middle of this VGU. So he is getting a brand new look. He's getting a brand new model. He is getting brand, brand new, new abilities. Brand new lore, his abilities are being altered. Um, so it's very interesting to see how that's gone. Um, his original kit was revolved around turtle, tiger, bear, and phoenix. Mm -hmm. I think it was. It was. Uh, were were the four animal totems that he had access to. Yep. Um, and yeah, he used those and he could stance dance through them. They all had different effects. Turtle made him tanky, bear gave him a stun, uh, tiger gave him, I think, attack speed tons of auto speed. attack and attack speed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Phoenix gave him a AoE with, I think, a heal or something like that. Just a lot of AoE. Yeah. Um, those he has been identified as a Freljordian champion for a while now. Um, so he is or originally from the Freljord. Um, and he is now being, his abilities are now being rethemed around the four known Freljord, the four known major Freljordian gods, uh, Anivia, the Cryophoenix, uh, the boar, I don't know the boar's name, um, Orn, the ram, and Volibear, the bear. Um, so he will now have access to Bear, Ram, uh, Boar, and Cryophoenix stances, and they are all going to be doing similar, but maybe slightly different things. Um, his tank stance is now from Turtle to Boar. His Bear is staying basically the same. Um, Ram is strange. It's Tiger, because Tiger had a leap. I think had a little bit of like an auto attack leap, I think, like a gap closer kind of deal. Very Maybe. minor. I don't like a very minor kind of leap. So it's kind of the same whole deal. And then Cryo Phoenix will be getting the AoE effect of the original Phoenix. Uh, yeah. So he will play very similar to how he plays just now. Mm -hmm. Based on what we're seeing, he will play very similar, which is good because the way he plays isn't bad. Like his actual kit design is not bad. It's very like. The good thing about Udyr's kit design, at least currently, and based on what we're seeing here, 
there was a lot of diversity with with this kit. You could either go down into his attack speed, you can build him tanky bruiser, life steal with the turtle stance, or the way I like to play him, like full AOE bursty uh, with Phoenix. Um, so, so he had a lot of diversity in his playstyle. I, I, based on what we're seeing in regards to the kit rework, it looks like they're trying to keep that as much as possible, which is really good. Yeah. So just a quick rundown on what he's getting mm-hmm. now. Um, he is getting a path. His passive uh, is very similar-ish to his original passive. Uh, the passive is now Awakened Spirit, his two-part passive. Um, Uder has four basic abilities that swap between stances. He can periodically recast the active stance he's in to awaken it for bonus effects with a shared cooldown between stances. So all four stances will, again, share a cooldown. And uh, we'll be sharing a cooldown, and he will be able to swap between his stances and activate them for a short burst of bonus. Pretty similar to what he does right now. Similar-ish. Um, and each time Uter enters or awakens a stances next to attacks, gain attack speed and refund some of Awakening's cooldown. I'm not sure if that's how it works currently. I that's really very. That, that's pretty much how it works currently. Okay. Uh, his Q uh, is Wild and Claw, which will be bare. Uter gains a burst of attack speed and is next to attacks deal bonus damage. Uh, when he awakens, he gains even more. And the next two attacks will also chain lightning, bouncing six times, giving him a little bit more wave clear that is not Phoenix related. Yeah, so um, that is essentially his old Q mashed with literally one of uh, literally Volibear's passive. Yeah, uh, lightning can strike the same target multiple times, dealing heavy damage. So as long as you have uh, one target, or so he's going to be very, very bursty, jump in on somebody and kind of fuck him up like he is currently. Yeah, uh, his W is Iron Mantle. Uder gains a shield and his next two attacks restore health. So Turtle Stance. Uh, his first awaken, he gains a bigger shield. His next two attacks heal for more, and he restores a percentage of max health over the next few seconds. So the max health is in addition to his previous turtle stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, e blazing stampede. This is his uh, vol- uh, Orn the Ram. Uh, Uder gains a burst of move speed. His first attack against each target while he is in his stance lunges a short distance and stuns them. Uh, his awaken as Uder gains even more move speed and becomes briefly becomes crowd control immune. The crowd, I think the crowd control immune is new there. I don't remember him being uh, CC immune. No, I think he had. I think he had some. I think he had CC immunity on Daddy, swapping I, into that I stance. I don't remember that, but that could just be me being an idiot. Yeah, not sure. Uh, but uh, R his Anivia Wingborn Storm. Uh, Uder temporarily summons a storm around him that slows and damages nearby units. His next two attacks cause the storm to pulse, dealing bonus damage. With an awaken of Uder unleashes the storm, causing it to deal additional damage and chase after nearby enemies. Uh, very new, <laughs> very new, yep. but uh, still within the same flavor of the old abilities. Very much AOE focused. Um, but the chase that is one hundred percent new. It used to just be a burst AO- a burst AOE. Uh, whenever you activated it on your next attack, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm interested to see how that plays. Yeah, so that uh, we'll 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 see how that's going. Um, with his visual, with his actual visual upgrade, the I love the new look of Indir. He looks great. Um, have you seen uh, it? Yeah, I've seen I've seen a bit of it. Uh, yeah, so he's definitely uh just dad mode now. Yeah, he's full on dad mode. Daddy mode. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy mode, um, I guess. I, as, as someone who the millisecond Spirit Guard Udyr came out because I would Udyr for the for a very long time was my jungle main. Um, 
I'm looking so much so forward to see what the Spirit Guard uh, skin looks like with the rework. Because uh, the Spirit Guard skin already looks some, great. They've already got some release information for that. Yeah, so. they've already got some bits and bobs, but I, I'm looking forward to actually seeing it in game, like playing with it because it looks really because mm-hmm. that skin already looks so good just now. Um, mm-hmm. so with the rework, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's gonna when it's gonna turn out. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. So is getting his VGU that will be coming soon. Mm-hmm. I believe it's coming in the next patch, which coincidentally will not be the next thing we're going to talk about. Will not be coming in the next patch, but uh, will be at some point. Hope they're saying soon-ish-ish. It's very in development still. Oh, for the uh, okay, yeah. Go on. They're working on um. Uh, jungle changes. Yeah, so these are all going to be coming primarily in 2023 preseason. Uh, these are changes that they don't want to implement mid-season, so these are all going to be coming in 2023 season. Um, but the, it's all all very good changes. Um, yeah. so the jungle changes are primarily designed to not make jungling and jungle champions easier, but they are designed to get to shorten and make it easier to so, for someone who's never jungled before to jump into it um mm-hmm. they're looking to implement things like uh recommended jungle pathing which obviously for someone who jungles you will know your pathing like you'll know kane starts mm-hmm. raptors you'll know shako does weird stuff but someone who's jumping into it for the first time maybe not know that so mm-hmm. recommended jungle pass and- would be something I'm looking at I'll tell you, as somebody who has done jungle before, I was a tank jungler way back in the day. Tank mm-hmm. and bruiser jungler. Um, yeah, um, when I jumped back into League a little bit, uh, I was like, oh, I'll play a couple of games. I can do jungle. It's fine. I know pathing. This is not a big deal. And it's like, no, no like the jungle meta is the jungle meta is completely swapped around. Everything's mm-hmm. completely different. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's different paths for everything. And finding the information for pathing real hard. A- is a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Like, it's a nightmare trying to track down pathing information because sometimes you'll have information from like four seasons ago that it'll have in there, or you know, you'll find pathing for some grandmaster player who knows every trick in the book, and it's like, oh, there's no way I can pull this 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 weird jungle leash to chain a camp together to keep a buff going. Mm-hmm. I no, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. So I just stopped bothering doing so- it. But but this isn't designed to make mastering the jungle easier mm. or mastering the jungle it's any more to make it know, more accessible to people to understand what is going on. One hundred percent. Yeah, so, which is a really um, good change because jungle jungle can be such a key role. Well, um, and it's also they have to design around jungle as well. Mm-hmm. And if this makes it more accessible to more champions, this will lessen the degree that they have to design a champion specifically around moving through the jungle. Mm-hmm. So, um, very interesting. Can't wait to see how these changes go. They're talking about things like uh, adapting the pinging system, doing more changes with the jungle, giving you an assistant in the jungle that improves sort of like your smite currently does when you evolve your smite. Yeah, they're also talking about um, potentially giving uh, multi-buffs, things like that, but that comes down to other other factors 
Um, they're also bringing back the um, the Chemtech Drake, uh, <laughs> reworked Chemtech Drake. So we're not. It's not going to be just a revive Dragon Soul. Okay, it's not happening like that anymore. Um, but you will get more damage and more tanky as your health gets lower with the Chemtech Drake. Uh, what else? Oh, and the uh, the plants with the Chemtech Drake will also be empowered. So, for example, you can take a red plant uh, from blue buff all the way to mid lane. And you, for the vision one, it will give you uh, movement speed when running towards a revealed a revealed enemy. Stuff like that. Um, the vision system, they're also implementing a uh, indicator to show you the max distance of where you can place your ward and where it's going to land, stuff like that, to make it a little easier for planting wards like over brushes and over walls and stuff like that. Because right now that can be kind of annoying at times. <laughs> and we're getting a new Darken hero. A Darken assassin. Yeah. And an Ixal enchanter. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Um, they're doing things to keep the game fresh-ish. You know, it's a 10-year-old game, 15-year-old game at this point? Uh, I'd say meet, meet halfway, but 13? Sure, we'll call it 13 for now. You were both um, probably wrong. We're both but, probably yeah. wrong, but I don't. I don't think it's as much as fifteen. I but I don't think it's as little as ten. Well, the thing is, I want to say it came out when either end of Burning Crusade or beginning of Wrath. Google. I'm just gonna Google. I want to say it was like end of Burning Crusade, beginning of Wrath. So yeah, it's been out for a while. It's like 2007, 2009. It officially Nine? launched in twenty on uh, the twenty seventh of October two thousand and nine. So thirteen. So I was right. Yeah, thirteen years. <laughs> I was right. I was close. You were close. You were close, motherfucker. But I was spot on. Um, did you did you actually see the Aurelian Soul rework? I did. I'm not liking the fact that he's losing the stars. He's losing his balls. Yep, I'm not liking that. I don't. Like I like. It. I like the freedom of the new flight system. It looks like. Yeah, it's fly wherever the hell you want. It looks interesting. As someone who likes to play ASOL but hates playing mid, it looks interesting. Like he could potentially be a, a support, uh, a support or a burst mage down bottom, mm -hmm. or or I should say a, a lane bully mage in the bottom. Dude, he could with the jungle changes. He could potentially be a jungler. Yeah, we'll see. Especially if you can fly um, anywhere. Yeah, it gives him a lot of gank potential. It just depends on if he is going to do a telegraph on it. Mm, and, and if he's tanky enough for the for for the for the buff mobs. Yep. So that'll be, that'll be the question to see on that. Um, I'm interested to see what goes on. I liked his weird IO style gameplay. It was but... weird. I loved Aurelian Soul when he first came out. And then they yeah. kind of they kind of changed him a little bit, and he felt a little clunky after that. Mm -hmm. And now they're changing him again and getting rid of his balls. It just it doesn't seem like a really soul anymore without his balls. Yep, not really uh, looking at it, not really uh, enjoying it. But we'll see how it ends up going. Um. Oh, and they're essentially pulling Ari from Wild Rift and putting that model into the into the League client, which I'm okay with because the Wild Rift model's great. All the Wild Rift models are fantastic. 
I don't know why they're not just doing that. Pantheon has a completely different model on Wild Rift and it looks amazing. They need to just decide to do that because they're all so good. I got nothing here. I know. I'm just saying. They're really good. It's okay. It's okay. Right. What do we want to talk about now? Uh, you got something about your fucking sim game in the bot, in the bottom oh, there. Oh, I do. Two point hospital, two point campus. Okay, so um, people here are aware of the games like Theme Hospital, um, and Two Point Hospital. Um, the s- next the next game from uh, Two Point Studios has been released. It was released uh, la- uh start of the week. Um. Two Point Campus, a highly anticipated sequel to Two Point Hospital, the spiritual successor for Theme Hospital. The reviews are in, and it's a good game, apparently. Everyone's loving it. Um, There's some UI issues, some bits and bobs here that need to be uh, polished out. And I think everyone, regardless of if you've played it or if you've... Or, or... I think I heard that there's a major bug involving stack or integer overflows. Is there? Uh, I haven't noticed like, one. Um, go it, it, if you're feeling it. Go ahead and uh, jack everyone's pay up to the maximum possible amount uh, you can, and I, it should integer overflow. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm well, already just, you, at you, the point. Unless where... you're playing like an Iron Man, you can always just make a save right before you do, and then reset. I don't want to do that and though. Be... I don't want to do that. <laughs> I understand that it causes an integer overflow and then sets you into the billions. Jesus. Yeah. I think I saw a YouTube video about that. It's probably spiffing Brit or somebody knowing how knowing how the bug community is. It's probably spiffing Brit or somebody. That's like that. kind of funny, community, actually. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to mess up my save um, because right mm-hmm. now I'm struggling to get past uh, the wizard level and it's a nightmare because these teenagers are just whiny little bitches. Um, which, that's the most annoying part that i found, that they've actually um, they've actually got the the programming of the AI for the students pretty spot on. They're all whiny little bitches who want everything their way. Pretty spawn. Goddamn Scottish people. <laughs> Goddamn Scottish college students. Uh, but no, it's it's came out. Um, it's essentially following the same kind of system as Two Point Hospital, which replicating its predecessor, which was dubbed one of the best management games in recent years. Not Lots a bad show. Tycoon theme park tycoon the tycoon games yeah so um it's it's got its problems which we hope the ui's prop the ui problems which i have even came across uh hopefully they get you know polished out but overall majority of reviewers all agree it's it's a good game and you should and you'll get a lot of fun out of it i have i have been enjoying it i have played far too much of it already (laughs) if you enjoy the games like that yeah definitely I love these type of games. They're so fun. I, yeah. I get you. I get you. I get you. I, I'm the same with like uh, resource management games like that. Um, you know, the, the satisfactories, the uh, factorios, the Dice and Sphere projects, stuff like that, yeah. where you're managing that kind of things. Yeah. Crash in the chart. Chris works in the medical field. Also, Chris goes home and plays a hospital sim. <laughs> You did, yes. 
Correct. 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 Uh, I, I played Theme Hospital to the point where I broke my desk when I was a kid, so... <laughs> Um, what else have we got in here? Um, uh, Spelljammer. Spelljammer, that's a good one. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So this is one I have talked about in the past, mm-hmm. but uh, I was not certain they were going to be able to bring it back forward. Um, but they have, which is great. Uh, Spelljammer is a classic uh, Dungeons & Dragons setting from 2nd edition and 3rd edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily, I know it mostly from third and third and three point five. I think I think it was third and three point five. Third and second, just they churned out books like nobody's business. Um, gave you so many iconic settings: Aberron, Dark Sun, um, Kryn, uh, just Dragonlance, um, and uh, Spelljammer. Uh, Spelljammer is. Close to my heart as an older setting, um, Nautiloids, uh, the GIF, uh, the GIF, GIF and GIF, um, just a uh, the the GIF, uh, illithid, th, yeah, the GIF, G I T H, uh, the GIF Yankee. Let's call him. Let's call him the GIF Yankee. It's not actually strictly their name because there's the GIF Yankee and the GIF is Ari, but. You know, uh, it's all right. Um, the Gith Illithid conflict is a great piece of world building that they explored in the Spelljammer books, and I am just stoked to see because uh, Baldur's Gate three uh, definitely say... dives into that conflict mm-hmm. and gives you a little bit of information about it. Um, so it's very cool to see them uh, possibly getting back into the old Illithid Empire stuff. Um, so it's really cool to see. Um, I'm glad. Um, I haven't delved too deep into it. I assume there's still Flogston between the various universes, and uh, that's how you the spheres is how you travel. So, well, the new book, which is um, Spelljammer Adventures in Space, which is coming out on August 16th, uh, so just a few days from now, actually. Um, will bring the Spelljammer setting and all of that into the 5th edition. Uh, it'll include new space-based backgrounds and races, new spells and magic items, 60-plus new creatures, um, it, it, rules for running DM, D&D campaigns set in Wild Space and the, uh, the Astral Sea, uh, plane decks and descriptions of Spelljamming ships, the Rock of Baal, an asteroid say that has served as both an adventure location and campaign hub, as well as the book will come with a spacefaring adventure for characters levels five to eight. It's this the the book set uh, actually comes with three books. Okay. At, from what Crash is telling me, the game is now dead to me. I don't give a shit about Spelljammer. Um, let's just get some plane uh, some Planescape. I don't give a fuck anymore. Let's just go Planescape. Full Planescape. Give me Sigil. Uh, i'm not shitting you yeah i've talked about it before give me planescape as a fucking setting again give me sigil the city of doors give me the lady of pain give me the conflict in hell 
I'm ready, okay? My body is ready. Weren't right? you leaning towards that shit for that campaign we were doing? Yes, it was very much uh, leaning into the City of Doors. I, as a, as a setting, the City of Doors is my favorite setting hands down. I have played through the Planescape game more times than any other one of the old D&D games, the CRPGs. Mm-hmm. Cause I, cause I, I remember a lot of like little, little hints towards that shit when we were doing that campaign. Yeah, I, I just uh, everything going on the guilds, everything uh, guilds, the Lady of Pain, uh, the the City of Endless Doors. It's such a cool concept because it is sort of this multiplanar hub where all sorts of weird ass shit happens and. Yeah, I just, uh, I still have a list, uh, a handwritten list, mm -hmm. by the way, of, uh, of Sigil Cant. Um, so all these sort of, um, slang words that, uh, various peoples of Sigil use, mm -hmm. um, that I was like, I need to go find that notebook. I need to go through that notebook, and I need to start coming up with fucking... I need to start remembering how to fucking speak Sigil. I need to remember how to speak Cant. Yeah. But yeah, so, it's like, So you were excited for this book, and now you're not. <laughs> Spelljammer... Spelljammer is a great setting. It's it, The original Spelljammer setting was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved this, you know, the fucking silver screen pirate movie adventure movie feel the whole thing had mm -hmm. this sort of swashbuckler kind of uh feel that it had in total um but i'm I, it's rose colored glasses it's 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 always rose colored glasses you know i can go like oh well this this whole thing like the like, Crystal Spheres and Flugston and all this kind of thing, and the dangers of travel between the spheres. Um, you know, it's always, you know, there was, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can look at it with rose-colored glasses, but it's like, until I actually see what the system does, uh, and, you know, since my partner in crime ha is no longer around, I, I don't really have a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of, uh, drive on putting together the one-shots and stuff anymore, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had to had to sneak had to sneak a dig in there. You had to sneak a dig in there. I mean, I've already said we can do the alternating Saturdays as a DM as a D and D campaign. I'm more than happy to do that because it's during the day, so I have time for that. I know. But I'm also trying to make sure that like you actually have a real life too. I yeah, but I have a real life. I know. But remember, uh, you got to remember one of the reasons why we stopped doing a lot of that stuff in the beginning, too, was because you were just burning yourself out doing so many yeah, things. Yeah, but I don't months. do a lot of stuff anymore. I've already cut a lot of stuff out because I was getting I was feeling burnt out and I was I didn't have the time to do it all. Well, and part of it was like I wanted to make sure and this this is this is our therapy session for the week. Part of it was that I wanted to make sure that you didn't feel like you were obligated to show up or go do something with us just because and then burn yourself out further. Also, timing for this group is insane nowadays, so... Yeah, it's impossible to get people to show up and do stuff. Yeah. And getting people all together at the same time to do anything is, is a big ask at any time, so... Uh, show this week. Um... <laughs> hey, I'm here. 
I know. You and I showed up. We are consistent, uh, if nothing else. Um, but I love Dungeons and Dragons. I don't get it to do enough of it anymore. Um, yeah, I just uh, I, I I do miss being able to sit down and play a game. It is always uh, sad, but uh, we'll we'll see what goes on. We'll see what happens. I mean, Aaron uh, Crash, my my, you know, he's here. He's here every Saturday. <laughs> making a point. Listen, listen to this man voluntelling you things. Listen to this man just calling you out. What is it? Get you're caught in 4K. Cat. Calling the man out in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> LP. <laughs> just pretend everyone's me and you'll say no. LB. Is that to me or is that to LP? I think is that's that to, to both of us. Probably. That actually I think sounds... that's a deck to both of us. Yeah, I'd say that's probably accurate. That that's actually probably very accurate. Yeah. We're both bad people. Okay. We are. We're terrible humans. Yeah. yeah. So I get along. Anti-social. I'm yeah, I'm antisocial, <laughs> so that's that's my problem. I just hate ninety percent of humans. You're 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 a misanthrope, it's okay. I hate ninety nine percent of humans. Um. Yes, so let's go ahead and jump into the last of the things we wanted to specifically talk about and then kind of just meander <laughs> through the last chunk of this show. Um, Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker, Buried Memory. Tell me about this, Chris. Okay, so uh, Buried Memories is the 6.2 patch for Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker. It will be releasing on the 23rd of August this month. And will bring a new tier of rating, as well as a crap ton of new story, um, as well as the highly anticipated island sanctuaries. We're finally getting our own private islands. And have they by the- delved much deeper into what the islands will have? They had a very large section in their live letter, which was Friday, about the island sanctuaries, um, and it's also quite. Uh, it's the first thing you see in the trailer for uh, Buried Memories. Uh, if you haven't caught up with the story, I I'm don't not going to how... mention any story. I will not okay. be discussing any major story points because it's Final Fantasy. I will be cold <laughs> for just flat out spoiling things. I will be cold. Uh, we yeah, haven't even so. dis- we haven't even really majorly discussed the uh, the Endwalker story. Yep. Like we had um, some brief so, bits and bobs, but nothing major because we will be cold. Yep. So the island sanctuaries and uh, the ten <laughs> uh, year old spoiler there. Yep. He was one point <laughs> Um. But yes, uh, island sanctuaries. Uh. It it looks like exactly what they described it as. It's a personal housing area that has uh, a a dedicated uh, separate system for planting. It also has um, the ability to have your pets and mounts run around. It's exactly what we wanted. A housing area that we can all have. 
that's not you know limited planting a planting area you can't get all the good stuff from that's the major downside of it it's a completely separate system from the current planting system but there is they've already said that there will be a massive expansion for this system going forward so so what we're getting in uh 62 will be expanded throughout the life cycle of the game um so we're also obviously we're getting the new story, we're getting the new raid tier, we're getting island sanctuaries, we're getting new dungeons, we're getting a new trial, which none of us know what the new trial is yet, so we won't find out until we actually get to play the game. Um there will be the new variant dungeon system, as well as the new criterion dungeon system, as well as criterion savage. So the variant dungeon and the criterion and the criterion savage will not be coming until 625. Um, so it won't be there available right away at launch, but it will be coming eventually. The new Unreal uh, raid, which will be swapping over from the current um, Ultima weapon, we will be getting Containment Bay uh, S1T7 Unreal coming in 6-2. I don't want to uh, say the name. Sef- <laughs> that's... I almost said something, but I didn't. You did almost say something, and you were correct. Okay, I was correct. Uh, The Heavensward revamp uh, for the main scenario revisions will also be coming, so that will go from all the uh, Realm Reborn patch content all the way through to the Heavensward launch content uh, for the main main scenario revamp. Um, And what else are we getting? Oh! Are relic weapons. Stage one of the relics will be coming in 6.25. Um, people love them or hate them because it was a... yeah, it, yeah, it's Mandeville weapons. We're all excited and we're all angry at the same time. <laughs> we don't mm-hmm. know what these weapons are going to look like, but I doubt they're going to make the relic weapons for their pinnacle expansion finishing a 10 year arc look stupid. So, don't worry. They're going to look great. They always do. Um, What else are we getting? Because there was something else. Oh! During the live letter, they actually spoke about the graphical updates that's coming in 7.0. And obviously, they're not just going to do that all in one go. We're going to be getting some background stuff uh, coming in 6.2, and then more in 6.25, 6.3, so on and so on and so on. So the back, so the upgrades for the graphical system and the client are coming as of now. And it's the funny thing is because the game, I think, actually has a very good fidelity overall mm-hmm. because they have gone with a more muted color pattern palette mm-hmm. versus, say, WoW, mm-hmm. where WoW has this incredibly vibrant color palette that really looks bad over time. Mm-hmm. The fact that they used a more realistic and muted color palette for 14 um, I think it does look better overall as a game. It is also newer than WoW too, but well, you also need to remember that the like, and this is one of the things that the the even the fourteen guy fourteen uh, developers and moderators are all like, yeah, those are fine. G pose, not G pose. Um, G shade is a thing that is heavily used in the community, and four, and the fourteen developers have said G G shade is fine. It does add extra color palettes, so if you want it to be a little more cartoony, there's the options for things like that. But the actual muted the muted graphics and the color palettes, I do think I agree. It gives it that, um, it gives it that longevity. 
mm-hmm. for its look. Yeah, it's not something that's going to date out. Yeah, 100%. Um, there is a lot of information on, uh, as well as some pictures and some media, on the uh, special site for 6.2, uh, which will be linked in our show notes. I uh, highly recommend you go watch the trailer if you are caught up with the story. If you are not caught up with the story, if you haven't completed the 615 storyline, do not watch the trailer. There is spoilers. If you are up to date, watch it, enjoy it. It is fantastic. Um, also, the new raid armor looks fucking sick. When are, uh, so when are, uh, when are regional visits happening, Chris? <laughs> um, well, they already they did they they delayed the they delayed the data center travel system, which they have now ironed out the bugs for. It's now working really fucking smoothly. Um, so I'd imagine we're probably not going to see that until at least seven zero. You're thinking you're thinking that might be a launch feature. I don't think that'll be a launch feature. Oh no, I don't think it'll be a launch feature. But I think it's gonna be within 7.0's life cycle. Okay, okay, okay. I think it'll be tail end. Tail end of Endwalker? Be, uh midpoint or tail end, one of the two. Of Endwalker or 7.0? Yeah. Mid, oh really? Uh, Endwalker, yeah. Okay. I I I I think that's a little I think it's a little hopeful, but if it happens, great. Well, the thing is, if, if, so if, if my thought process on this is accurate, the data center travel laid all of the groundwork they were going to need for regional travel. It's just interconnecting the servers and then ironing out what bugs may remain. So they've probably done the bulk of the heavy lifting at this point. They just have to figure out the rest of it getting the transfers to work how long that's going to take etc correct oh. that 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 does seem to you you have you have figured that you have what's the word i'm looking for deduced that uh i'd say pretty pretty spot on um when they when the data center travels came out like the system was um fucky is probably the best yeah. way to put it <laughs> it was all over the place but like now it's like very quick transfers even at peak times um yeah because i believe they still use logical data centers if i remember correctly which means that it is a it is an actual data it is center a physical data center yeah yeah so for the various data center travels it's like so regionally there will be an overarching system that connects all of those data centers together which is so why you can they, which is why you can transfer between a European data center and a US one. Yes. So um, regionally, those centers will be set up that way. But uh, the region traveling for that uh, will be uh, interesting to see. Uh, because, yes, they should have theoretically f- figured out most of the major logistical issues. It'll be the minor logistical issues they'll have to go through, and there will probably be an absolute shitload. So that's why I'm saying maybe closer to the end of the Endwalker cycle. I I really hope that is the case, because I would love to be able to play with you guys in the US. Because mm-hmm. like Endwalker the was this year, right? Endwalker like, was the end of last year. End of last year. It okay, so and their, start of December. And their launch cycle is, what, two years flat? Um, with the exception of Stormblood to Shadowbringers, yes, it's roughly every two years. So yeah, we're just coming in towards the midpoint. Midpoint for Endwalker, yeah. So we're which is why we're heading about six two, going into six two five, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's like somewhere between midpoint, 
and 6.5. I'm thinking we're getting that will probably be uh, the data center. If I wanted to be, if I wanted, if you wanted to pin me down, I'd say 6.4. 6.4? Six, four. Six, four. Yeah, okay. that's because we're going into 6.2. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we'll see it until 7.1, but again, I am being very, you know. Very conservative on conservative it. Conservative yes. on it, yeah. But I would love to see it sooner. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I th- the another point is I do the, like I think that the regional one does need to come in, especially with the fact that the oceanic data centers now exist, and a lot of mm-hmm. people who were playing on the U.S. data centers were Oceana, yeah, were Oceana. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you're yes, it's a good thing that they now have their own dedicated servers where the ping's not going to be insane. But there's a lot of people who would have been playing together with a lot of people who didn't move, and you know, yeah, they're now cut off from them. It's it would be nice to be able to see them jump back to be able to play with their friends again because they're now an island. They're now an island. Yes, <laughs> Oceana jokes. Oh, Oceana. Uh, yeah, but no, seriously, I it's fourteen has. Fourteen has done a better job that than Blizzard did with regards to their actual server setups in regards to the fact that we can play together. Because the account I'm playing on is the account I started on in beta. I started off on Hyperion, which is a US server. I then moved to a different European set server, which I can't remember which one it was. Then I moved to Lamia, which is a US server, and now I'm on Lich, which is a European server. They allowed us to just transfer. To, they they set the system up and they have maintained the system to allow us to all play together if we want to. Yes, and that's that's fantastic. They've done a really good job with that. I will hundred percent. I will never. I will never positively talk about how WoW has handled server transfers ever in my fucking life because they have handled it very poorly. I have two WoW accounts, so I can play with my friends all over the world, and I have to play with. I have to pay for both of them to do so. Which is why you don't. Which is why I don't. It's one of the reasons I don't play WoW anymore, because fuck that shit. I'd rather play 14 yep. and be able to play with all of my friends. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of really interesting things coming in 6.2, so I will probably have to actually go finish the 1.5 storyline at some point. And transfer over to Europe. <clears throat> funny if I actually play the game. It's like yeah. it's funny. You're you're like, oh yeah, if, if if yeah, you'll need to transfer over to Europe. And it's like, yeah, if I actually play. <laughs> I'm going to just gift you a homework travel. A homework good, transfer. Good luck, I'll return it. You know how I am, Christopher. I know how you are, but at the same time LB is the only person in the world who is allowed to give me things. Why? Okay, how about I give it to LB and then LB can give it to you? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Because then that um, technically LB is gifting it to you after I have gifted it to him. It's a gift, 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 gift. Oh. So, what <laughs> else is on your mind? I will not be See, used. LB refuses that. Thank you, LB. Thank you, LB. <laughs> Uh, oh Jesus! Also, LB never gives me anything out of selfishness. 
It's not out of selfishness. You don't have anyone to play with. Um, I'm giving you a whole FC to play with. But yes, let's. Uh, what else do we have on this? Uh, what else do we have? What else do we want to talk about? What else is going on? Um, let's see. We did all of our Marvel nerding last week. Last week, yeah. Batgirl. Oh yeah, that whole shit. Let's but... talk about that. Let's talk about. Let's talk Everything. about the DC shit show. Let's talk about the DC shit show. Because <laughs> that's what it is Man. at this point. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, well, that and Ezra Miller. Oh, that's why I mentioned the DC <laughs> shit show. Because he is a fucking train wreck, man. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 uh, that, 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 they. They, I yes. I believe their yes. pronoun is they. Okay, they, I them. I believe their pronoun is they, yes. Um, they're an absolute fucking shit show. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> all the allegations and stuff that are coming out right now it's like wow all right didn't um, they get, didn't I don't they know get how much arrested for burglary recently yes and they, <laughs> uh, this all started with them starting a fight in hawaii i think <clears throat> uh but yeah batgirl um what was it 90 percent done or 75 percent? it done? was finished batgirl was finished like it was oh, literally yeah, finished it uh, test screened poorly or something like that. No, they just pulled it. Well, it's like they're with that, and it's like it looks like HBO and the Warner Brothers kind of stuff is all kind of like starting to back away from all of that, all those things. Um, I heard that uh, Titans, which you know, not a huge loss, but Doom Patrol is also potentially on the cutting block. Titans and Doom Patrol, Titans not a huge loss. Doom Patrol, from what I understand, I have not actually watched the show. I understand it is actually quite good. I enjoyed Titans. I haven't had a chance to watch Doom Patrol again. It is on my watch list. So is the new newest season of Titans, which I've not had a chance to watch yet. Um, but Doom Patrol has Brendan Fraser. I mean, Batgirl was supposed to have Brendan Fraser. (laughs) (laughs) It's poor Brendan Fraser. Poor Brendan Fraser. Poor Brendan Fraser, man. Ridiculous. Um. But no, yeah, it's, it's, I don't get it. Like, they, they've struck gold. They struck gold with Shazam. We don't know how Black Adam's going to end up being. Um, I don't personally like Dwayne Johnson. I just, mm, I personally don't like Dwayne Johnson as a, I, I'm, I'm, I, I was a wrestling, I'm a wrestling fan. So, like, I don't like Dwayne Johnson for other reasons. But I like, don't like him just because he makes my teeth hurt. He makes your teeth hurt? From grinding them because oh, I find God. the man very annoying for some reason. I don't know why, but I just find him very annoying. I haven't liked Dwayne Johnson ever. <laughs> um, LB, DC, dead face, Marvel, dead face. I, yeah, no, uh, I Hint like family. <laughs> I'm like I'm Sorry. like I've liked the Marvel stuff because I believe that the storytelling has been good so far. Uh, yeah, it's not for any fanboy reasons. I just think they've told very good story for the most part. <laughs> um, yeah, something about Dwayne Johnson just makes me 
I don't like you, and I don't know why. So, the the when they started this whole DCEU with uh, Man of Steel, the potential mm. was so high, because Man of Steel was such a good film. Mm. I really enjoyed Man of Steel, and the, potential for, and the potential to build from that was so... In my opinion, at least, was I, so good. The potential. I for thought that. it was just another bad Superman movie, like Superman Returns. Poor Brandon Routh and Amy Adams. Wait, was Amy Adams? Superman no, Returns Amy Adams. Amy Adams was uh, was Man of Steel. Okay, I gotta see who played. Amy that. Adams was okay. Lois in Man of Steel. <laughs> Which, by the way, she did a great job. She was a great Lois. Hate Bosworth. Oh, it had Kevin Spacey in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he? Wasn't he Luther? Yeah, he was Luther. Uh, but it did also have James Madsen and Parker Posey. I love Parker Posey. Mm. Yeah, but then you've yeah. got that association just in general now. Yeah, it's but not a good association. Brandon Ralph was in it. That poor, poor man. <laughs> it was. Yeah, no, he was. He, I actually thought he did a really good job. I think it's Brian Singer. Okay, it was Brian Singer as part of the problem. So you have the original X Men problem, mm-hmm. and then you're taking it over into DC, and they're not telling a very cohesive or good story. Yeah, I, no, I think. Yeah, I, think, I do fair. think. I'm not sure Brandon Routh was the right choice for that. I think he, I think he had the potential to be a good Superman, but I think the writing just wasn't there for him. I think he had the potential in a classic Christopher Reeve kind of fashion. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. He'd be more of a cla- of a, no, I'd, I'd agree with that actually. Where it's not like some large man in a suit; it's just a regular guy in a suit. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was I. I always liked that aspect of Superman. He, uh, what is it? Uh, Frank Quigley. I hate Frank Quigley's Superman. Frank Quigley. It. Uh, in the comic books, uh, oh, it's, uh, quietly, quietly, I think it's quietly, uh, quickly or quietly. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, he's an artist that has done Superman in the past, but he draws, he draws Clark Kent and Superman as like a trapezoid essentially. I think it was Frank Quietly. Oh no, Quietly was the one that was a little bit more realistic. Uh, no, that, that looks quite of? realistic. Who am I thinking of? Like he's shaped like an actual person. Yeah, I'm... Hmm. There's, there's a Superman artist out there that draws him like a fucking brick shithouse, like a goddamn trapezoid, and I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, uh, is it Cho? I think it might, it might be Cho. No, it's not Frank Cho either. You like regular Superman rather than Brick Shithouse Superman. I, I I like I like I like the concept of he's just a regular guy. He doesn't need to be a giant set of triangles stacked on each other. But that's the that's the thing with Superman. He he's supposed to just look like a regular guy. That's how yeah, the whole because... Clark Kent disguise works. Yeah. Um it's yeah, because he is just a regular guy. He is he has extraordinary power because of where he is from, mm-hmm. not because he is 
built like a brick shit house. Like Batman, I understand being built like a brick shit house because he is just because a regular guy. He is a, and that's all he does. a regular guy, and all he does is train. Yes. But like Superman is just innately powerful. Superman could be a guy with a pot belly and a fucking five o'clock shadow and still be Superman. Mm hmm. 100% because that's just that's how he is he's he's he's, he's an alien he's yeah. um do you think they're going to cancel the flash I don't know I don't know on that one it's distinct possibility but I doubt they will. Most because it's a multi-million dollar special effects movie. They're going to have to try to get some of the money out. Unless Miller keeps... Unless more shit keeps coming out about Miller, and it's like, bad, bad shit. Like, yeah. Even worse than what's already come out, which is already pretty fucking bad. Like, really fucking bad. Um, it would have to be much worse for them to completely cancel the movie, but I don't think Miller's going to work again for them. All right, this one, this one. I know you don't. I know you don't like talking about it because you, it, it, it is a stupid situation. Aquaman plays stupid games, wins stupid. <laughs> That's it. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I love Jason Momoa. He's fantastic. Um, I don't give a shit about Amber Heard. I don't give a shit about Johnny Depp. No, I, I know. Zero fucks whatsoever about either of them. Um The question the question with Aquaman though is Is it a double standard that Depp lost roles and was axed from roles because of the accusations, but Amber Heard is still in this major role? Depends well, okay, so I'm gonna tell you it's gonna depend on how far deep they were into filming already. They had finished the movie. Yeah, if they were finished with the movie, they are currently no they are they, they are currently doing reshoots. Uh, might be to minimize the role, but if they were already done with the movie, yeah, there's like she won't work for them again. Likely. But I don't think there was a double standard inherent in the fact that if the movie was already finished filming by the time this all this fucking circus bullshit started, mm -hmm. two fucking very deeply shitty people being mm -hmm. deeply shitty people to each other. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was a double standard inherent in the fact that if the movie was already finished and in the can, like they were in post-production fucking doing special, doing VFX and everything else, I don't think there was a... Uh, Yeah, I would actually agree with that. I don't think it was think already it's a... in the can. It's because because they're so they're so fucking expensive to make. Yeah, no that that is that is that is the only reason I would agree that there there isn't a double standard there because especially with what I'm not going to talk about it because I know the reasoning why she's not being axed. Um, but. They would literally have to redo the whole whole movie from the ground up. They would have to rewrite the whole fucking movie. Because the Mira character 
is very key to the story they're bringing and they're right and they're telling. And it's, from what I've been told, they've cut her down to like two minutes of screen time mm-hmm. from what was previously 15 before the trial. She had already been cut down. Um, But it's a key role that they cannot tell the story without. Yeah. Um, I don't think she'll ever work for them again. Ever. It's, I don't, I frankly don't give a shit. No. Because, me- like I said, like I said, when all this shit was going down, everybody was like, oh, defend Johnny Depp. He just, he was, no, they're both deeply shitty people who did deeply shitty things to each other. And now they're fucking making it public. I don't give two flying fucks. They're both bad people. And I don't really give a fuck about either of them. You good? Who shit? I fucking hate this. I hated this when the OJ trial was going on. I hated this when what was the other one? There was another one not too long ago. I I fucking hate all of this cult of celebrity bullshit. I'll be saying if it's only if it's only a few minutes, why not recast? If they've cut it down to that, yeah, may as well. Whatever, I don't give a fuck. I don't. Yes, I'm, gl- realistically, I'm glad I brought this up. It is, it, realistically, if it is, if she is in non-effects heavy portions of the movie that they could conceivably reshoot around, yes, do it. Fuck you, Crash. <laughs> I had to listen to these. I had to listen to fucking Chris and Neff about that shit. Accurate, actually. He did. He did. Neff and I were talking about the trial a lot. The whole time. The whole time. The whole six weeks. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, all I know is that they're both deeply shitty people who did de- 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 deeply shitty things to each other, and they should have just kept it private like every other fucking couple does. Yeah. No, no, I agree. A lot of this only happened because one of them went public. Mm. <laughs> it's dumb. It is. But, yes, LB, mm. LB does have a very strong point, which is that if it is down to just a couple minutes, why not reshoot it? Sure. <clears throat> sure. But the problem yeah. is right now it is a publicity issue. Because now all this stuff is coming out because the court records have been unsealed, and now it's turning out that hey, Johnny Depp's a shitty person too. It's not just Amber Heard being a shitty person. It's they're Johnny both Depp shitty people. Shitty they're both yes. shitty people. Yes. So all this fucking information, all this court records being unsealed, and everything, and now it turns out, yeah, Johnny Depp. Now all these people are realizing, oh, Johnny Depp's a shitty person too. Called I called this when the fucking trial started. They're both sh- deeply shitty people that did deeply shitty things to each other. Neither of them is above reproach. They're like both to, human beings. I'd like to point out I brought this up because I knew this was what he'd be like. Because <clears throat> I hate the cult of celebrity. I know I you do. Absolutely <laughs> fucking hate cult of celebrity. You're really good for content. I fucking hate the cult of celebrity shit. <laughs> It is the fucking downfall of goddamn Western civilization that people know more about fucking Kim Kardashian than their own fucking family. Right? <laughs> God fucking damn it! But you don't like you don't like to keep up the Kardashians. We're not getting into this. 
And Crash, I don't think either of us could have kept our deep bro the whole way through. Oh, Jesus. I'm so glad I brought this up because you're so good for content with this with this topic. <clears throat> because I'm incredibly passionate about yes. being the fucking I dumbing love, down I of Western society. I love your passion and it creates this type of content and I love oh, it. God fucking damn it, I hate celebrity. <laughs> Do you wanna talk about like the X Factor and stuff like that? He <laughs> 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 just flips me off. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you good? Never gonna be good, Christopher. <laughs> I know, buddy. I know. I know. What do you want to talk about? Because I just made your life hell for a little bit. I don't fucking know, man. Now my fucking brain's just like, God damn it, fuck. Just anger, anger and rage. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to talk politics because politics is just, it's not a good thing to talk about. Let's be frank and honest here. No, we're a gaming podcast. We're a a nerd podcast. Yeah, and I'm a nerd for politics, but yeah. Um, But yes, it's not not the best thing to possibly talk about. Um, (laughs) Crossplay? (laughs) Exclusivity? Um, microtransactions in video games? <laughs> hey, folks, actually, we are shaking this. <laughs> I, I just saw the rage building every time I said something. <clears throat> <laughs> I hate predatory practices. I hate things that are designed strictly to tracking uh, abuse chemicals in people's brains. <sighs> I said it very specifically. I do not hate people who have uh, who have addiction problems. I have addiction problems. I know I do. I was a two pack a day smoker. Everyone has addiction problems. Everyone ha- can have problems with addiction. It's the capitalistic companies that take advantage of that shit. Yep, that's the problem. Um. <laughs> What's 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 good in video games? What's Kevin's gonna hate this. Yeah, well, he's he gonna hate editing this. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to master the show, so it doesn't matter. Oh, he doesn't have a choice. Great. Um, that makes me even happier. Um, and it's gonna be a Gab special where it's like I cut the front and back off, and then I fucking slap the music on and just call it a fucking day. <laughs> uh. Right, what's good in video games? We've already spoke about 14, we've spoke about the league changes, we've spoke about Spelljammer, 2 Point, what else we want to speak about? Um, it kind of covers most of what I wanted to talk about video games. We spoke about DC, we spoke about Star Trek. Um, Fuck it, let's talk more Star Trek. Okay, I'm down to talk more Star Trek. You know me. We could literally do an entire separate show about us talking about Star Trek. We could. It just wouldn't be as entertaining as the five million other Star Trek podcasts out there. Yep. Uh... Okay, so when at the last uh, at the last uh, major event for Star Trek, the the the, ga- the showrunner for all the new Trek shows talked about mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, yeah, he talked about uh, there being more female-led Star Trek shows in the pipeline. So we know of, we already know because it's it's already heavily rumored. Woke leftist so- bullshit. That's Star Trek, though. Woke leftist bullshit. God damn it. Yep, Star Trek. You're just, yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm. I'm I'm an angry white guy with no hair. Yes, yeah, accurate. We've just heard you rage about things. So accurate. <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> um, we already. It's heavily rumored, and it's pretty much a no-brainer. The Jerry Ryan Seven of Nine spinoff from Picard. We already know that's more than likely going to be one of them. Heavily rumors of a Janeway show. What else could they do? Um, with them kind of moving past all the glossy stuff of the old days, I would love to see a Band of Brothers style Dominion War piece. Okay. I, 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 if, uh, oh, oh God, I can't remember the man's name. Um, Eisenberg, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Played Nog. Yeah. Yeah, I if if he wasn't dead, yeah, uh, I was I gonna say, to <laughs> I I I would have loved to have seen you know uh, a kind of Band of Brothers style. I'd still love to see uh, Band of Brothers style, you know, just and like I'll be saying original characters. I'd love to see a Band of Brothers style original character, you know, t- following a group of Starfleet officers or cadets or you know uh i forget what their i forget what the ground force they have is called because they do have a ground force i just don't remember what they're called um during the course of the dominion war i would love to see something like that because it's like these are people who have lived in a utopian society their skirmishes are almost entirely space-based yes i saw that i'm not gonna acknowledge it i'm not Um, acknowledging it (laughs) um but I would love to see something like that because that would be really cool to see how these people who have lived their entire life in a utopian society that with no with no personal kind of one-on-one firefight conflict experience mm-hmm. goes through what it's like to engage in a war like that. That would be kind of cool to see because that could also lead into the more current stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like, oh, this is this represents a sea change in how Starfleet acts. This represents a sea change in how uh, politics happen and things like that. It could lead into explaining why Picard is, you know, so weird to a lot of people. It's like, it could explain a lot of things, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am going to uh, mirror what Elbia said in chat. Uh, as much as I'm uh, very excited for the idea of a 709 show, very excited for the idea of a Janeway show, I want to see more original characters because the original characters they introduced in Picard were very, very interesting and intriguing. The Scottish Romulans. Let's not talk about that. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 they were good, okay? They were great, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, especially in season two, which you've not seen yet, so I'm not going to go into too much details, um, but the characters. Um, uh, specifically of Jurati and um, Reyes. So, honestly, Jurati took focus for the entire season two. 
she was so good. She was so disgustingly good at the in, in season two. The, the the focus was entirely on her for the whole season, even though I don't think it, they meant it to be. <laughs> her performance was just that good. She did such a good job. And the same with the the right actor for Reyes. He feels underutilized in season two, but with so much potential that just wasn't used. As a super interesting character, super interesting backstory for the character, but it, just, it was never utilized in the show and was never utilized really in season one either. I feel like the original characters need to get as much, uh, get, get some more push. Um, like we've seen in Discovery, because Discovery started off when it started, it was very much Michael focused. Now we actually know the story and the information for Awoshikin and Bryce and all the other characters. <laughs> and it actually feels more like a Star Trek show because each of these characters has something to do, has a story, has a bit of has has input. It feels like a crew rather than just the story built around Michael. So I, w- I, I want to see more original characters that are getting some deep dives, you know? Yeah, no, no, I can, I can see that. Um, um, <clears throat> Which, by the way, Awashikin, fucking love her. She is the best, char- the best uh, re- secondary character in Discovery. I love her. <laughs> Um, I just want more excuse. I just, I don't care. Just give me more Jeff Combs. Hmm? Give me something, give me something that's a Jeff Combs vehicle. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. Right, motherfucker. Jeff Combs, I played a character on every modern Star Trek. You done? <laughs> I'm sorry, I like Jeff Combs. I think he's a fantastic actor. Hey, no, I agree. Um he did a really like he was he was one of those character he was one of those actors that made Enterprise really fucking interesting. Every time Tran showed up, it was like, oh, yes. All the Andorian stuff in Enterprise was really good. Agreed. I actually. liked all of the Andorian stuff. I will I will I will agree with that actually. The Andorian stuff was really strong in Enterprise. Enterprise was building up to be so good and oh, then it yeah, just got no. axed. With Ugh. the um oh the Zinti, all the Zinti stuff. I and the Zinti stuff got a little confusing towards the end. I it's kind of why it kind of bogged it down. Yeah. And the fact that they were leading towards a temporal season, which is what uh Discovery did. Discovery d- Discovery skipped the entire temporal Cold War. <laughs> Which I'm so glad about. I never want to go to the temporal Cold War bullshit. I hate like time travel ha- time travel can be very overdone, but at the same time if it's not done right, it can be it can be very plot destroying. Mm-hmm. Um Oh yeah, 100%. Which it's one of those things that I will say Stargate often did time travel very well and very very i oh are we gonna disagree uh, no. no no i'm gonna agree completely and i'm always gonna i'm always gonna say that the loop episode is the best episode one of the best episodes of that entire series oh completely agree completely agree because I'd... it does show them slowly descending into madness 100 percent. it's groundhog day but stargate and it's great mm-hmm. um 
time travel needs to you need to be very careful with time travel and stargate is one of those first shows that i think has actually done it pretty spot on every time there was an atlantis episode that was kind of iffy um i'll i'll the only thing i'm gonna say is in the middle of my back swing in the middle of my back swing uh I yeah no it's it's eminently quotable episode of it is an um, yeah no yeah no um, there's gifs of that episode like that I whole know. episode is a gif <laughs> yeah um yeah it's just I I I I don't know what else I would like to see I like I said I mean that the idea of an embedded journalist doing a documentary a docu series during the Dominion War would be really cool that would be uh, kind of interesting. Well, that's what I was talking about. It's like, yeah, it's like having an embedded embedded journalist doing a docu-series about a group of soldiers during a Band of Brothers. That's what... You might not have gotten the Band of Brothers reference there. It's the Band that of Brothers the reference that threw me off, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be like an embedded docu-series during the Dominion War, during the course of the Dominion War. I think that would be interesting because, yes, it could help explain part of why it seems like Starfleet's a little crasser, a little bit more harsh going into the Picard era. <clears throat> okay, here's a here's a here, here's the thing. Here's a question because this is one of those mm-hmm. questions that always comes up. Which captain out of the out of them all the major captains was the one that took it too far? The one that went too far? Yeah. They've all had situations where they've took it too far. Didn't Kirk like glass a couple of planets? So did Sesco. I don't think he went far enough. <laughs> I don't think Sesco went far enough. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, Sesco literally wiped out a planet just to get a few Maki. Yep. Didn't go far enough. <laughs> no. Monster. Um, which which captain took it too far? I think we'll have different answers here. I'm not going to judge Kirk because it was a very different era of television storytelling. Okay. And very different era of writing. So I'm not going to take Kirk to task on that. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I would agree with that. I think... I, you know what? This is going to be a weird answer. I think it was Picard. Why? I think that he was too slavish to the rules and had too many opportunities to improve things that he never took. So he took the prime directive too far. I actually hate that we had the same answer. <laughs> I thought we were gonna have different answers. I thought you were gonna pick Sesco. <clears throat> no, I think I think his, his slavish devotion to the Prime Directive went too far in some cases. Okay, no, I completely agree. Completely agree. Picard took it too far. Every, uh, he, yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. And I hate that we had the same answer because I honestly thought you were gonna say Sesco. 
I mean, LB does bring up a good point with uh. Janeway teamed up with the uh, Borg. Jane, Janeway did rest the entire future of the Delta Quadrant just to get home, and that was that's that's one of her took it too far yeah. situations. Because not only was she helping them find a way to destroy Species Eight Four Seven Two, but they could have potentially found a way to actually assimilate them, and that yeah. would have been a massive power swing in the Delta Quadrant. Yes. Uh, well, for the entire galaxy at whole and the whole yeah, not not even not even just the Delta Quadrant, the whole galaxy, because Species Eight Four Seven Two, their technology alone far outweighs anything that Starfleet has. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so no, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, you know, Crash and LB are bringing up, you know, future Janeway, and yeah, yeah, you got a valid, valid point. She did risk the entire, you know, timeline just to get herself home a little faster. To save Seven of Nine, that was literally the reason for it. Yeah, you know, kind of polluted the future timeline with future tech. Which has already happened so many times, but at the same time, that was a major one. Yeah, DSX Quantum Slipstream Drive. I mean, the Quantum Slipstream Drive, that wasn't her. The Quantum Slipstream Drive came from another species. Yeah, but she, like, sent the master plans for doing it better. Correct. Which yeah. we they still technically then, don't use. And didn't didn't they? Um, uh, I think it, I think that's actually mentioned in one of the more recent series where it's just like that's all black site black box technology that nobody gets to talk about at all. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like the spore drive. It it was marked as black box technology until Discovery showed up again. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, no, and then it's uh going through the. All the the travel through the 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 Borg uh, the Borg network and everything else, yeah. The transwarp network, yeah. yeah. In fairness, though, they did destroy that network. Yeah, I was gonna say they burned it on their way out. They burned it down, and that was a major blow to the Borg. The uh, what was it? Seven say there was only like five of them across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Now there's four. Some, <laughs> some some small number of it, yeah. So I feel like. That one for Janeway, the fact that they had a major crippling blow to the Borg, kind of swings it a little. Yeah, because she did double-cross them at the end. Someone's outside blaring music. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think future Janeway took it too far, 100%. But uh, I think the slavish devotion to the Prime Directive was, was Picard's major failure. Also, do we, which ca- I like- do we count mm-hmm. future Admiral Janeway as the Janeway of this question? Is that kind of yeah, count? that's that. I I would count it in that regard because she was still Janeway. Okay, that's fair. Although technically, Janeway doesn't exist now. Yeah, no, but it's, it's this that, is where time travel gets real fucky because technically that Janeway doesn't exist anymore. Start some fucky shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but she so, did. She did flat out say, "Fuck the temporal prime directive." Yeah, fuck all that. Um, 
So jumping jumping off to another thing with Star Trek, um, how are you feeling about the reunion? Oh, Picard season three. Yeah. Um, I I was angry about it, but then season two finale, and you you need to see it. I mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm happy now. Uh, I'm very excited to see it. Now there was there's been many interviews with um Patrick Stewart <clears throat> where he's um one of the reasons that he didn't initially want to do uh another Star Trek was because a lot of the ideas that people were bringing to him were were bringing Just the band back, were bringing the band yeah. back together. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they came with Star Trek Picard and it was a completely separate story with new characters, some nods here and there, but it was a its own individual thing. And then through season one and season uh, through season one and the development of season two, they're like, okay, so the nods are actually really, really important because uh, people really liked those. Um, so they're bringing them all back for the last season. I'm okay with it. I just I hope that they can respect what has happened and not kind of wash over it. That's yeah. always my worry with bringing back, ca- like, well de- well developed characters, mm-hmm. that they completely ignore where the character, the path the character was taken, taking, and they just throw them somewhere else. I think they did a really good job with the seven bring uh, bringing seven back, because it was a, it, it, they didn't completely throw, a cog in the a cog in the the. A wrench and Jesus Christ! What am I trying uh, to say, guys? A wrench in the gears. That's the one I'm trying to say. Thank you. They didn't completely throw a wrench in the gears and just throw her entire four years on Voyager out the window. And the situation that happened in season one with her and Icheb made sense to where to get her to where she is now. So they actually. <clears throat> They actually continued the story and brought her to where she is, and it made sense with what happened. That's my major worry about bringing back the old characters. Are they going to just completely ignore some of the things that happened to them? I I hope they don't. I'm a little sad that we don't get to see Sela because that would be really cool. I'd love to see an Empress Sela at some point. You don't want to see Sela again? Uh. <laughs> what do you think? What are, you, are you excited for it? Um, I'm excited to see what they end up doing with it. Um, I think there's a lot of characters that are kind of that got a lot of growth after the fact, like mm-hmm. um, after the original star, after their original appearances. So you know, you got a. Uh, you got some development with Jordy and Voyager and mm-hmm. uh, DS9, I think. The the Voyager Jordy though that again that was a timeline travel that was a time travel episode. Yeah, it's a little bit of time travel fucky, yeah. And you don't know exactly what that was there. wiped after that, so we technically still don't know for Jordy, which really sucks. Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> can assume that with... his. Uh, you could assume that his uh, that his trajectory may have been similar. Probably, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we got Worf in DS Nine, and yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of development in Worf through DS Nine. 
uh, made him a much better character. Yeah, I think that was I think that that was their hope with Worf to not only bring him in to get the ratings up for DS Nine, but to develop him a little more. Mm-hmm. I think um, they did a good job with it. We haven't heard a lot about Gates McFadden uh, as Doctor Crusher. No, no, we haven't. But uh, be interesting to see where that goes. Um, we saw what happened with Troy and Riker. Yep, we see where one. Yep. Uh, which followed the the mm-hmm. the non-canon original tracks pretty well. So, so nice those are technically that. canon now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Um, yeah, and LB does bring up a good point. They're all just so old now, but it tracks with the timeline that they've gone with the show, yeah, I believe. It does. Like they're supposed to be old. I mean, out of the regular cast, I believe. Besides um, Will Wheaton, I believe LeVar Burton was one of the younger cast members at the time. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I believe <clears throat> LeVar Burton. Um, he's got a fully grown-ass daughter at this point. Love her, by the way. <laughs> Micah Burton is... is Micah Burton good. is amazing. Yep. Um, and I believe they're bringing her in as well. If they're bringing Mika Burton in, that'd be amazing. I think I heard somewhere that Mika Burton was also going to be in it. Uh, was also going to be in part of season three. I would not say no to that. I love her. <laughs> yeah. um, she is just, she is a gem. Yep. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Um, what? Yeah, how, so... how did Klingons age? Same as humans? Slower, I thought. Yeah, I thought I thought Klingons age slower, slower but they nor they normally don't get that far. Yeah, they're usually dead by that point. I think I think Klingons have a slower aging factor than humans do. I think they grow up faster from childhood to they adulthood. Age slower, but they age at a slower rate. I think. You know what I would love to see, and I think Prodigy is kind of doing it really well so far. I would love to see more Delta Quadrant stories. It doesn't have to be Starfleet-focused. I would love to see how Voyager's actions in the Delta Quadrant has affected it over the years. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. I'd love, um, to, I'd love to see what happened to the Ocampa. Yeah, that, that whole... Didn't their whole... Didn't all of them just ascend? So, the Ocampa, they were... So, obviously, the caretaker opened... Uh, sealed it off and gave them as much power as they could for them to eventually, once the power ran out, have to go to the surface. Mm-hmm. I would love to see how they develop from that. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, um, oh, another good, interesting series I would love to see. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a sort of political intrigue kind of series in post-war Bajor. Ooh, that would be interesting. Because, like, their religion is real, um, their gods are real, they find out their religion is real, their gods are real, that they, but the problem was that none of them were good enough to be the prophet of their religion. They had to get a human to do that. A human had to do that. And they've come to peace with the Cardassians. And they have to figure out how to get the... Because the Cardassians already had, there were already reconciliation councils between during the course of it. 
every time you say Kardashians, I think you say Kardashians. <clears throat> no, not saying Kardashians. Um, <sighs> um, so I would love to see like a political intrigue kind of series. It's not Star Trek is the problem. People, that is not it could Star Trek. Be. But I would, it I, could I, be, I, but though. I would, yeah, I would love to see something about that, about the Bajorans and the Cardassians and the post-war Bajor. I would love to see something like that. Um, it would have to be set, it, because, of course, they would need to, they would have to have Nana Visitor show up. Yeah. Um, because it's Star Trek, and they have to always try to shove in as many people that have already been in the show as possible back in. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see maybe something like that. Um, I, I would like to see them break genre conventions more than anything. I would love to see them break genre conventions of Star Trek, much like DS9 broke genre conventions of Star Trek. Away do from something different. Yeah, maybe because because that could be like you you that could be kind of like uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say like even like a West Wing type show. No, it could be definitely like a West Wing kind of show. Okay, then yeah, that's what I was going for then. <laughs> it could definitely be like a West Wing type show, just based in Star Trek. And it could be really interesting to see them move away from the format that's worked for years, but take the take the universe in that different direction. It would be interesting because to see. Even directly following the even directly following the Dominion War and the collapse of the wormhole and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh the Bajorans are still not Federation members at that point, if I remember correctly. Correct. I think it's much later. They're still, they they're still like a protectorate kind of situation. Yeah, they're 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 like adjacent. They're Federation adjacent. They're leading. They're allies, but they're not there yet. And then something else says that in the future the Bajorans do fully join. I think that was during yeah. Voyager, like one of the time fucky episodes. The it turns out the Bajorans are full members. By I that think point they or even like mentioned that. it in Discovery at one point that the Bajorans were men- full members. Yeah, so I would like to see because that would be, you know, this whole sort of process of joining the Federation and eventually becoming, you know, coming to peaceful terms with the Cardassians and everything else that would be interesting to see I um, the mm-hmm. I would love to see because obviously I want to see Delta Quadrant stuff I would love to see I, you know it would be really fun a series built around the Kazon and their kind their factions mm-hmm. seeing the infighting and the potential Oh, LB's like new. No. LB's just like new. No. No. You don't want to see hard no more no. Kazons. That's hard a hard no. no. That's a hard no for LB. I like the Kazons. I would love to see something to see how again it all comes back to Voyagers and interactions with the Quadrant over the years. I'd love to. See... I'd like to see the dinosaur people again. Oh my god! I hated and loved that episode so much. <laughs> Wasn't it like a season finale or a it season was a two parter? It was a it was a two or three parter. Yeah, it was a, it was a mid season break two parter. That's what it was. Yeah, let's see the dinosaur people again. Have them roll up to Earth and fucking call it Jesus. That's that's what they would do. Um, I I I just I'm I'm so interested to see what because uh, Star Trek Online. Does had an entire Delta Quadrant expansion and explored that entire idea mm-hmm. of what 
Voyager's after effects were in the Delta Quadrant. Well, yeah, it's, and there there was a whole arc about the Vodwar and other stuff too. So yeah, um, like what what happened to the um oh what's the what's the ones that had the the disease um oh I don't remember the names uh I remember Vodwar Vodwar popped out of my head Vodwar un- Vodwar is the, the is a big one because that's the one that Seven yeah. released out of the out of cryo sleep. Yeah, I remember that much. I remember That's the, a like, major names. one. Yeah. Um, like, I don't remember the dinosaurs. I don't remember the dinosaurs' names. Nope. Um, I don't remember. I was like, this is 8471. 8472. Sorry, 8472. The Those That's another one that would be kind of interesting to revisit. That was their names. The Voth. Dino people, yeah. Um... Oh my god, what's the name of the hunters? Um, oh, the Herogen. The Herogen. Herogen, the Predator knockoffs? Yeah. yeah, the Predator knockoffs. It'd be interesting to see what, what, what's happened with them. Um, I'd like to see the Breen and the Herogen meet. That would be cool. That would be interesting. <laughs> oh, could you imagine the Gorn and the Herogen meeting? Yeah. Ugh. I know, right? <laughs> Actually, you know what I'd like to see? What? I would like to see um Oh god, what what are the green people called in in the in alpha the main quadrants? What are the green people called? Um they are called the Orion. The Orion. I would love to see an Orion syndicate show. Actually, I agree. Discovery really built my want for that. The whole the whole um yeah, no, that sounds that's that that would be really interesting because this because season three of Discovery had a lot of Orion stories built around it, and that sounds really cool. I want that actually. Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds. I would, I, I would love to see something, and then they could bring back Big Show. No, no, <laughs> no, we don't need more Big Show. The oh, Rock was the what? Rock was in Voyager. I hate yeah, that. Big Show was as well. He was an Orion. I remember he was that or- very specifically because there was because UPN in the US ran SmackDown, ran WWE, and they ran all the Paramount stuff. So they had to do a crossover, a couple of crossover episodes. So a bunch of wrestlers showed up in Voyager, <laughs> which is why you had Dwayne Johnson show up in Voyager, and you had Big Show show up in Voyager, and a couple others apparently. <laughs> Who else was in Voyager? Okay, I'm not checking. Wrestlers and Star Trek Voyager. I know those two 100% showed up. I think there were some others that showed up as well. Okay. Connections between Voyager oh, and Big Star Trek. Big Show was Trek. actually DS9. I was going to say, I don't think Voyager DS9. was... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Big Show was in DS9. Uh, let's see. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Tommy Tiny Lister? Oh, Tommy Lister. Yeah. Tommy Lister was an... He's an actor. Tommy Lister was in the series premiere of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Show was an Enterprise, not DS9. Oh, it was Enterprise. That's right. Um, Tom Mogan? Mo- Tom McGee? Oh. Uh, Chris... We've gotten to the portion of the show when we're just Googling things. We are just Googling things. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up at this point. We've gotten to the part of the show where we're just Googling things at this juncture. Um, <laughs> you got any final thoughts, Chris? Um, let chaos reign. 
is my final thought. Um, all right, yeah. Um, Klingon versus right, Crash, Tribal War documentary. Crash has got the best show for yeah, us. There we go. Crash, that's the best idea that's came in this whole episode. Yep. All right, show. That's going to be our folks this week. I, I started and committed to it. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, folks, this is going to be our show this week. You talk to us during the week. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Coast to Coast EU. Kevin is at Swing Cat. That's with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Lich. I, of course, am at, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not at Gavril underscore ET anymore. I am at uh, Am I Witty yet? Uh, Neth is at Nethwinch. Uh, send emails and feedback to the feedback at tctceu.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, join us live on Saturdays and record and stream the show on twitch.tv slash ctceu. Uh, for links to today's show and who will link to our Discord, visit the website at tctceu.com. Just review SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, however it is that you listen to the show through its podcast form. Uh, say chaos, boys and girls. Chaos. <laughs>